Hey, this is H1. We're going to be running it back with another episode talking about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, and chess understanding again. And today, we are going to be going over how to talk to your kids about chess. Yes, I found this article. I know there's a lot of family men and women that listen to this podcast, so let's just get through it right quick. I think they have a lot of good points and tips and stuff that you can use for your kids or for your nephews, for your cousins, etc. You can't just force somebody how to play chess because kids nowadays are on Fortnite, is on TikTok. So, hey, if you want your kids to learn how to play chess, then let's go over this article. Let's go to the next segment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so let's get into this article right quick. How to talk to your kids about chess. This has been like the, the number one article on chess.com recently, so we might as well go over it. And it starts like this. You may have seen the news. The chess.com app has reached number one in popularity for free games on the App Store. I can hear you sigh from across the screen because you and I both know the gravity of the situation. This is no Flappy Birds, Temple Run, or Candy Crush situation. This is a big deal. This is chess. A good paragraph by our, um, who's this person? Lula Robs. That's their chess.com name, I'm guessing. Hey, let's get through the rest of this article. And the first thing that we're going to be going over is to reassure your child. Developing an interest in chess is perfectly natural, and your child needs to know that. You remember your first checkmate, your first heartbreak, a loss from a completely winning position, and your first tournament. Your naive fascination for one of the oldest board games on earth developed into a meaningful lifelong relationship through hardship and victory, and now it was time for your child to discover his wonders of life for themselves. When you talk to your child about chess, make sure to not confront them. Don't make them feel shameful about their new obsession with tactics or Gotham chess recap videos. Encourage them to explore chess in a healthy and informed way. Sit down across from them with the chessboard and talk through tactical themes. Explain your own excitement for chess and help them to make a chess kit or chess.com account. And I don't have experience with my own kids teaching them how to play chess yet, but I do have experience teaching chess to like kindergartens, going to elementary schools, etc., doing chess lessons with like other people. And kids, I mean, you got to put some, I don't know if they're going to talk about this, but there has to be some incentive after they learn something, after they learn like one piece um, or I don't know if they get like a checkmate on you. There's there's different things that you could do to encourage a child. You definitely shouldn't shame your child for playing chess or you definitely shouldn't make it a punishment. For example, if you're if your child did something bad and you want to punish them, you shouldn't just be like, oh, don't play chess anymore. You don't take the chessboard away from your kid. You, you reassure them that, hey, playing chess is cool and watching those YouTube videos are cool, too. There is a big chess boom right now. And, you know, there's a lot of kids that are going to be hopefully in the next 
a few years now, there's going to be a lot of grandmasters that are aged maybe 13 or 12 or 11. Now let's get to the next thing. Speaking about chess respectfully. Have you seen your child posting, ha ha ha, L no chess res, resign, resign, resign in the chat box when they've been playing online blitz chess? It's every chess parent's worst nightmare, but one of many of us must face to some degree throughout our child's development. Is there something wrong with that? Can we not do that? <laughs> am, I, am I mean? <laughs> if I seen my daughter, if she was like nine years old, she's on like chess doc, like the kid chess.com and she was saying no chess res. Uh, L no chess res, LL resign. I guess that would be disrespectful. My bad, my bad. I'm a bad parent. I know. I get it. Let's 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 continue on with the article. It's your responsibility to inform your child about chess manners and etiquette. Yes, that is true. My bad, because I know how children can be misinformed about when to do things, and they they don't do things in a funny manner. I, I get that. They don't know what sarcasm is. Uh, let's continue on. Whether that be shaking hands before and over the board game or letting them know it is not okay to constantly send thumbs down emojis and spam resign to opponents in the chat box. Even though if that was a YouTube video, I would be laughing. Do not do that, kids <laughs> who was listening to this. Don't do that. You got to be um, uh, from my from my previous experience um, going through. Uh, going to chess tournaments I have seen some rude kids I don't like shake hands afterwards but there's a lot of emotions as a, as a kid and there's a lot of things that you're going through first of all there's a lot of kids that attends a chess tournament for the first time and they don't expect to lose but when they lose their first game they just start pouting getting mad and then they see their parents getting mad because they lost the game even though they lost in like four the most embarrassing thing that I'm ever gonna <laughs> The most embarrassing thing going to a chess tournament and seeing the first round is seeing all the kids get up from their chairs in like the first three minutes because most of the kids get scholars made it. Most embarrassing thing ever. You just see all these kids get up. Don't you, they, they haven't even set up the board for like a good five minutes yet and they just get scholars made it. Those are probably the worst mannered kids that you will ever see. And you're going to see the most upset parents ever when they realize that their kid, you know, they, they just need to practice some more. That's just part of the sport of learning how to deal with certain positions and not to get scholars made anymore. So, yeah, that, that was pretty humorous to me, but I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't humorous to the kids in that moment. Okay, let's continue on with the article. Show your child how to report unkind behavior from their opponents instead of returning the negativity. And don't worry, I won't tell them about the trash talk between you and your friends when you're playing Blitz at the bar on the weekend. <laughs> exactly. So definitely kids got to be got to up upheld um, being respectful at tournaments. And they, they can't be spreading negativity like that. And you got to tell your kid, if, if a kid is being mean to you, obviously, you tell the tournament director. In most tournaments, you can just raise your hand and be like, hey, this kid is saying L chess risk to me in front of me right now. Like, what what is going on? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on here. And I'm just trying to play a perfectly normal game. There should be no talking during a chess tournament anyway. So, yeah, you're going to have to teach your kids to handle rude behavior because, man, I have my experiences and I've seen experiences in like from my adult eyes. Okay, 
Let's continue introduce them to chess in a safe way. It could be easy for kids today to be drawn into. Can I say this word? K-I-L-L-E-R opening traps that win in five moves. When they when what they need are solid foundations and opening principles to nurture their chess development. After all, skipping to the Tennyson Gambit intercontinental ballistic missile variation when they haven't yet learned knights before bishops or control the center castle and connect your rooks is a dangerous game and will often then not end in disappointment. Yeah, so and I've, I've experienced this doing my own videos. Most of the popular videos videos that is out right now is doing opening traps or like learning about these weird gambits that even elite grandmasters don't even play but you should just be learning pure opening principles pure chess principles because if you don't learn those principles and don't understand that these gambits is just for fun it's just for playing especially if you're trying to raise a kid to actually have chess as a profession if they're really serious about it if they want to be like magnus carlson one day or hikaru nakamura or maybe jan nepo and ding Laren, you do not want to push them into the gambit rabbit hole you want them to actually play like play there's nothing wrong with playing some boring openings you can play the queen's gambit decline you can play the what's another boring opening you can play the italian game it doesn't matter you don't have to play all these fun gambits that that literally gives you a bad result to begin with. The ch- if the chess engine hates your gambit so much, where they're giving you like a, a, they're giving your opponent like a three point lead in like the first five moves, then don't not play that gambit. If you're playing a gambit that elite chess masters don't even play, then do not play that gambit. Okay, let's continue on with the article. Chess content creators are awesome and you enjoy them yourself, so don't withhold fun chess content from your kids. Instead, show them rating appropriate content. The landscape has changed since we were kids, and now all your favorite content creators are making beginner-friendly videos and courses. These are great for your kids and healthy ways to engage in fun chess content without being peer pressured into all the latest opening gambits and traps just because their friends are trying them. Yeah, and this is such a different time because back when I was learning how to play chess, which I, it wasn't that long ago, it was just like 15 years ago. But anyway, back when I was learning how to play chess, there wasn't all this chess content on YouTube on Twitch. There wasn't there wasn't no Twitch. There wasn't no popular Twitch platform or some streamer that I can watch. I had to learn from books and going to chess clubs and learning from my brother. Like P Money. I, I talk about him a lot. But nowadays and when I'm doing like chess live streams, I th- when I'm hosting a live stream with like five hundred thousands of people, th- that is just mind blowing. It's still mind blowing to me that that is even possible that people want to learn chess on that level that that many people is interested so this is definitely a different era and people can learn chess as easy as like five minutes nowadays if you just watch the right videos let's continue practicing safe chess what does that mean it could be hard to know when to stop when it comes to chess it could be a three-hour bullet chess binge late at night or just one more game oh yeah that one more just one more game phase that you get into i I mean, I have live streams of me playing bullet for like four hours, three hours against my viewers. And I have that same instinct. I get you and I understand. But your kids cannot. Hey, kids don't know how to stop that. (laughs) As an adult, you can kind of stop it. But at the same time, you're like, hey, let me play that one more game, even though I got to go to work in two hours. 
But anyway, yeah, that could be a dangerous habit for your kids to get into. Let's continue on. You can make a difference in your child's chess development, encourage them to play rapid chess or to play with increment, inform them of the dangers of playing 3 plus 0, playing F6 and not castling. It might be hard now when everyone at school is playing Blitz and Dirty Flag and their opponents instead of learning how to play practical games. But your child will thank you in the long run when they're 1800 and you might even get a thanks. Exactly. So the longer the time control, the better it is for um, for your kids. Issue of ELO. What is it? How long is this article? We're almost at the end of it. Rating and ELO are huge talking points among chess player adolescents, and such discussions can unfortunately devolve into competitive comparisons such as my blitz rating is 1300. Oh, well, my peak rapid rating is 1450. These buy horses bigger than your horse discussions are commonplace among individuals. And I have I don't think I have one over a podcast episode about this, but chess ratings really there is a big difference between being a certain rating in Blitz and a certain rating in Classical and a certain rating in Rapid and then Bullet really doesn't even matter. I don't ever consider that real chess. You could be great at Bullet. You could be great grandmasters in Bullet and still be trash in Classical. So there, you shouldn't even be comparing ratings at all because there, there are certain positions that you can't even play accurately. There are certain positions that I avoid. That if I play that opening, I could probably lose to a 1600. And I would admit that, you know, but I know how to avoid it. I know how to play like I know how to kind of gauge what's going on here. And I have like some intuition experience. But other than that, I can I lose all the time. I lose all the time. Most of the time against there's what was that? There was my last live stream I did. I I lost to like a I was being stupid. I was pre moving. And then I lost to scholars made against like a 700. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) It happens. You never know if you play somebody long enough and you're like learning, you're studying, you're progressing. You can get you can get a couple wins off. Even if it's out of 100 games, if you get two wins, hey, you're doing something. You're learning something. Okay, the last subheading, the inevitability of heartbreak. As children grow up, they form all sorts of attachments, whether these be to people, TikTok dances, or chess openings. A devastating loss in their pet line of the Sicilian defense hyper-accelerated dragon variation as such a formative stage in their chess could mark the end of an era and a lot of heartache. I'm not playing this opening ever again. It was my favorite opening, or I can't believe it would let me down. Are all sentiments you may be hearing after a five-hour classical game that didn't go your child's way. These feelings of disappointment over a chess game or chess openings your child had put a lot of time and emotional energy into are very natural, but that doesn't mean they're easy to deal with. Such difficulties are part of life, and most of us can still recall our first heartbreak in a game of chess. Yeah, I went through so many different openings. First, I was a double feet and kettle. That was my opening. I thought that that was just the best opening to play. Then I realized that there was better openings than the double feet and kettle, and I just had to break away from it. And it took me a while, too. It took me... It took me about... It took me more than six months to break away from it until I started realizing, oh, snap, let me start off the game with E4. Let me start off the game with D4. And I used to be an E4 player, too, for a few years until I just realized, no, I do better at D4. I do better with D4 type of openings on the white side. And then I'm not ever going to play. I'm not ever going to talk about the black side openings. But that does happen. And you're going to have to break away from openings that you lose a lot in. Is Sometimes you just got to hang up. the. You just got to hang the towel. 
If you want your child to stay honest and open with you about the chest openness and strategies they are using, then this is when they need your support the most. And I know that to like some parents, you know, you don't really care about chess that much to, to, you know, you know, the parents I'm talking about, but you're going to have to listen to them, especially in this young age. If they're going to tournaments, they're trying to be competitive, things of that nature. You're going to have to listen to them and you're going to have to, hey, tell them the hard truth. Like, hey, keep on going. You're going to get better. Try a different opening, switch out some strategies. And at these points, Especially if your kid is going to competitive chess at these points, it's really good to have a coach to guide them through these phases in, in their chess career. It's good to it's really good to have a coach to be by their side because they've already experienced a good coach has already experienced all these phases in chess, like learning different openings, um, going into um, different tournaments, trying different things out. And a, a good coach can like analyze what openings you do good at, how you play, what's your chess personality. You probably do better in these openings, etc. You should probably learn this. They, they can guide you into the right path that you should be going. To conclude, ultimately, when it comes to your child discovering chess, every parent knows they're in for a bumpy ride. There will be the highs, the excitement of the World Chess Championship, seeing your child's eyes light up when their favorite streamer takes part in a pog champs and your child's first classical FIDE rated win. But you know, there will also be lows, rating fluctuations, schoolyard teasing about the London system, and seeing Danny Wrench in a giant pond. Okay, those last two dozen. There's nobody has really teased me over playing chess. Even when I was in a chess club in high school, and chess wasn't really that popular. Not as popular as it is now, I guess I can say. But okay, the last paragraph. We may not have all been afforded such a supportive start to chess. I mean, playing grand. Playing chess master alone and getting one weekly after school session on ladder mates might have been the extent of your development support during your period of chess discovery. But we can do better by our kids and provide support for them in improving at chess, being respectful towards other players and perhaps one day even beating mittens. (laughs) And that's how it ended. I I think that was a good article for um, people to like analyze, look at, especially if you're a chess family, y'all play chess together, you go to events. I mean, chess was a big part of my childhood, going to the libraries. I got to meet some cool people. I got to meet a boxer that plays chess. He was demolished me in chess all the time. And it was a good, positive atmosphere, you know? So, hey, this is cool. Tell me what you think about uh, about this episode. But let's move on to the next segment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, since you already made it this far, you might as well follow. If you follow, then you're going to stay notified on every time that I post a podcast episode. And thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. Make sure that you're keeping your eyes on the road if you're driving right now. And I just want to say, keep on fighting until the end. And chess, 
and in real life and make sure that you stay in focus on your goals, on your opportunities. Make sure that you're going out there and fighting the world. All right. On that note, peace.